Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. So we talked about the 12 personality styles using the DISC model. Let's talk about perception and reality. So I've written a few books, and one of my books, Suck It Up Buttercup, The Leader People Will Follow, has a whole chapter dedicated to perception being reality. The manner in which an employee, or a customer for that matter, interprets information is their reality. Their reality affects your personal brand and, to be quite honest, your bottom line. Separating perception from reality comes back to effective communication from you, no matter what your role is. You see, one person can make a difference, and that one person is you. So you may have no problem with terminating an employee who is a poor performer or violates company values by blatantly disrespecting coworkers or customers. This bad apple is clearly impacting others' ability to do their job. But wait, before you pull the plug and terminate them, I have one question. Did you effectively communicate to this person about their behavior or actions and the expectations of the organization and then the impact their behavior or actions have on the team? The key word here is effectively, effectively communicate. If it was made crystal clear to the employee, preferably in writing, that their behavior had a negative impact on the team, if you defined your expectations and outlined the consequences, then by all means, terminate the bad apple. Otherwise, suck it up, buttercup. You're part of the problem. Let's talk about clarifying reality. Again, always remember that perception is reality, and it is up to you to clarify the facts so that another person's perception doesn't end up feeding the rumor mill. This is regardless of what your role is. In my book, I have outlined six steps to verbally addressing a performance or behavior issue with an employee. I'm going to go over them for you today before we get into acting lessons. These should also be communicated in writing after the verbal conversation. Remember, if it's not written, it didn't happen. That's how the HR slash legal world works. The written communication doesn't need to be complicated. It can simply be an email recapping your verbal conversation. Now, why do you also want to have it in writing besides protecting yourself from the courts? Well, an employee may be in a state of shock or even fear when the conversation happens. So they may not truly absorb the details. Many people also do not take verbal warning seriously, but a written documentation signals their brain that this conversation was serious. Also, you want to cover your assets when and if the time comes that you have to terminate this employee. Again, most HR legal experts are going to tell you it would be appropriate to get the employee to sign it. I'm telling you, at a minimum, have a verbal conversation with the person and then document it with that person, not just in some secret isolated binder of secret complaints. 
So here are the six steps for addressing a performance or behavior issue. Number one, identify the behavior or the action or lack of either. Number two, identify the impact on the team and the bottom line or whatever the impact might be. Number three, identify the change expected and please be specific and detailed. Make no assumptions that they understand what you're talking about. Number four, identify a deadline for change. And yes, it can be immediately, especially in cases of bad behavior. Number five, identify a consequence if change does not happen. And then finally, number six, implement the consequence or hopefully celebrate the change. Why does it matter that people, an employee, are aware of their issues, whether they stay or they leave the organization? Listen, everybody makes mistakes and mistakes are necessary for our growth. But communication by osmosis does not work with humans. And common sense is not that common. Sure, we want a legally defensible termination if we have to go there. But more importantly, don't you want to be seen as fair, consistent, and empathetic? Depending on your personality style, you may not you know, initially care about the empathy part. But this is where the term suck it up buttercup means you need to try on another personality for just 15 minutes a day. Just 15 minutes of empathy sprinkled in for the right conversations with the people who will need it can change how people perceive you. Today, we're here to talk about acting lessons. This is an activity from my leadership book, Suck It Up Buttercup. What it's about is wearing a new personality style. First, you're going to choose a new personality style to wear during eh, 10, 15 minute conversations. These are going to be conversations that you have with somebody you might potentially have a conflict with or maybe miscommunications with. I personally encourage you to go with the S style, steadiness and supportive, which means you need to go back to the previous podcast or read my book, Chapter 6, and you will learn and understand the concept of empathy. It's not the same as sympathy. Also, it's important to note that supportive, steady personality styles are focused on people and emotions, details, not summaries, and are more methodical in their decision-making rather than fast-paced. If this conflicts with your personality style, you may initially get frustrated while doing this activity and think, I need to get to the point, which is why it's important to do this activity during a calm part of your day where you don't feel stressed or rushed. The point of this activity is to get to know others and gain their trust by trying on a a new personality style that is not your style. 15 minutes will go fast, I promise. This activity is super important for the Ds and the Cs who need to turn on the emotions a little bit more. The second step is, it's a baby step, you must choose a person in your office whom you either don't often communicate with and are not terribly frustrated with. And that way it'll be easier to practice this. The activity requirements are as follows. For all the activities, the following requirements are necessary. So you're gonna do this repeatedly with different people. Number one, you must be sincere. Number two, you must shut up and listen. Number three, you need to make notes on how that made you feel, that conversation. 
And number four, you need to make notes on how you think it made them feel. So ready for the activity? The first person you've chose, again, someone who you don't have a lot of conflict with, things seem to be going well, and you're not ter terribly frustrated with. Day number one, go to this person, hopefully not interrupting their workday too much, and ask this person with sincerity, how was your weekend? How was your week? And then shut up and listen. Ask them, did you do anything special? And then shut up and listen. And then write notes. What did he or she or they say to you? Are you writing the notes? How did this make you feel? Some of you might be saying right now, this frustrated me. I just wanted to get to the task at hand. Others might be saying, I could be doing this all day long. Neither is the right answer, and both are the right answer. How do you think this made them feel, especially if you're someone that never asked them about their personal life? You never ask them anything about their weekend. You just jump in and get to the task. Day two, same person. Ask this person, where is your dream vacation? You may want to know why you're asking this so it doesn't seem like quid pro quo sexual harassment, such as I'm planning to take you out on this dream vacation. But you may want to say, hey, I'm planning a trip for my spouse and I'm looking for vacation ideas. Where's your dream vacation? And then shut up and listen. Also, take notes. You may not want to take notes in front of them because that could be awkward, but take notes afterwards. What did they say to you? Next sub-question of that same activity, how did this activity make you feel? Really write the notes down. Be honest. Nobody else is going to see these notes. Next question, how do you think this made them feel? For some of you, this person might fall off their chair because you never talk to them in a personal manner. Some of you may want to schedule them out over a couple weeks because it's weird. <laughs> Day three, though, same person, ask this person, what are your thoughts on the new policy, procedure, coffee pot, whatever it might be, org chart, software system, and then shut up and listen. What did he or she or they say to you? Write it down. Again, it might be awkward to be writing it down in front of them, but go back and write it down. Ask yourself, how did this make you feel? How did this conversation make you feel? And then ask yourself, how do you think this conversation made them feel? Hopefully by this point in time, you're saying, you know what? I'm actually enjoying my conversations with these people. Some of you <laughs> might still be saying, I'm not at all enjoying this and this is incredibly uncomfortable. This is why I want you to choose somebody that you already kind of get along with. Day four, same person, ask this person, what are your thoughts on XYZ? So it could be, you know, a work project, changing software schedules, changing policies, but truly ask them what their thoughts are and then 100% shut up and listen. Don't interject when they're talking. What did he or she say to you? I think by now you can get, guess the rest of the questions, right, that I want you to take notes on. How did this conversation make you feel? How did getting input from somebody that you don't necessarily normally take input from, or maybe you do, how did it make you feel? 
if it's somebody that you don't normally interact with or take advice from or even ask for their opinion, how the heck do you think it made them feel? Again, some of your people might be falling on the floor because they have no idea why you're talking to them. It does get easier. Day five, this is the same person. So this might be Monday to Friday activity, or for some of you, it might be spread out over a couple weeks. Ask this person sincerely, what can I do to be a better colleague? What can I do to be a better leader? And then shut up and listen. And then take notes. This is where you can take notes in front of the person because they're going to know that you're actually listening to them. What did they say to you? After this session, make notes of how this conversation made you feel. I know for me, it's an awkward conversation because you're asking people to talk to you about your flaws. And for some of us, we don't think we have any. But hint, we all have them. And then, again, ask yourself the question, how do you think this made them feel? It could be awkward. It could be important. It could be so many things. Reflect and measure. Review your notes from day one through day five. So this is why it's important to keep those notes, especially if you're doing it over the course of a month, two months. You're going to forget what was said and how you felt and how you feel somebody else felt. And then start patting yourself on the back. You got through one part of the activity. Give yourself some credit for making it this far, for being willing to change and take action. Have your feelings or perceptions about that person changed from the first conversation to the second, to the third, to the fourth, to the fifth? Did you change your feelings or perceptions? You know, just so you know, this conversation actually can go in a different direction. It may not be positive feelings that you're feeling about that person or negative. You have to just stop and think, what do I need to do here? Did you gather any other relevant information from these conversations that it can affect project bottom line, any efficiencies or inefficiencies, reduction in chaos, or just a general more positive work environment? Act on it. Has anything else improved with your work relationship with this person in that five-day session? Or for some of you, you might be doing it over a month or so. There's not really a grade for this all over my handout. I do give grades because I know a lot of people need to have some kind of grading system. Striving for perfection is going to lead you to excellence. A few more questions for you to ponder on this activity. By the way, you're going to do this with many other people. But before you leave this person, what did you learn about this person as a human being, not a coworker, as a human being? This is where the D's and the C's need to up the game a little bit. If there was a change in your feeling, positive or negative, what day did it start to occur on? And maybe go back to how you were asking questions or what you were talking about. Why do you think this day was the day that changed your perception? Why do you believe there has or has not been a change in how you feel about this person or how your communication strategy has changed? Once you get done with this activity for the first person, someone that you don't really have a heck of a lot of conflict with, you now need to move on to the second person and the third and the fourth and the fifth. I advise you to do it all one person at one time. Otherwise, you're going to get feelings mixed up there. Don't wait too long to throw the ball down the court of dealing with the person who 
conflicts with you the most. So again, repeat with a different person. This could be over a course of 30 days, 40 days, a year even. No matter if you've done this with one person, five people, 30 people, the biggest thing you need to do is reflect and ask yourself this very important question. What did you learn about yourself? And is there anything that you're going to change? Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast, brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.